0: Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Sess show. I'm your host Tori. Thanks for tuning in. Today is April 24th, 2019, and there is a lot going on, and there's a lot going on that I've been talking about for months and weeks. It was two weeks ago on this show that I told you that the president is going to be invited to the United Kingdom for a state visit. It was actually in March, to be exact, on the day um, that President Trump was meeting with leaders from the Caribbean, Jamaica. Jamaica, Haiti, and El Salvador. but And I told you that the queen is going to have a state visit with the carriages, the, the whole nine yards for him. And that was, that was timed because of the Brexit and the no-deal Brexit. I'll get into that a little bit more detail later. Um, today we're going to talk about the Tamil Tigers. People forget People really forget. You think the comment Easter worshipers was just, uh, you know, just kind of a slip of a tongue or wrong. It was purposeful. And we'll talk about the Tamil Tigers. We'll also talk about um, what is coming forward. The cannibalism that we're seeing within the Democratic Party word on the street is, is that last week, and I have not been able to confirm this, that Nancy Pelosi was actually arrested and questioned. Now, I am still seeking to find the arrest records. It was out in California. Uh, You know, obviously uh, the FBI is not going to tell you if there's there's a sealed indictment, so they're not really going to tell you what's going on, but the arrest record, I should be able to track down if people are complying with Open Records Act requests. So that would make sense because now she's neck-at-neck neck with Maxine Waters about this impeachment. She's like, yo, maybe we need to take a step back, which shows that she's being compliant because she is in a lot of trouble. We talked about the tankers and the containers. So uh, those of you that have... Um, been tuning in for a while know exactly what I'm talking about and it's too detailed to get into uh, but let's just say she got caught red-handed a lot of them did we got a lot of Democrats red-handed in the act and it's all going to be coming forward now one person we hadn't seen come out lately after the whole Jussie Smollett uh, event was Kamala Harris, but she had a town hall with CNN and um, Brian Stetler, who is advertising, by the way, that he needs a producer, uh, says that it was the highest rating of uh, town hall was to Kamala Harris who said that she would allow felons to vote and then you know obviously 24 hours later she changed her mind but remember their ratings are lower than mine so that doesn't say much for their town hall now I think I should start with what the president said. The president uh, this morning tweeted out that a former CIA analyst um, made a statement about the United Kingdom. Now, I want to say before I continue and I'll play this clip, is that if you've worked for the intelligence community, you have to be very careful what you say. So for example, everything I've been talking about the Middle East, oil, uh petrodollar uh what's the right word? Uh foreign policies, etc. I can freely talk about as long as I don't state that my job in any capacity afforded me Information. So this CIA analyst, Larry Johnson, who spoke about the United Kingdom, saying how the UK spied on Trump, is obviously not someone who can say, hey, I'm a CIA analyst and I say this. He can't talk about the United Kingdom unless his specialty is something else. So he might be a specialist in analyzing information from South America or, you know can't even be Russia he had to be very careful Um, so probably South America because China would be implicated because they are implicated in the hack Uh, Australia is part of the five eyes program Russia's uh, too much so I guess he is South American target Um, South American focused so he was able to go on the record as an analyst but not necessarily uh, the UK now let's start with that so the United Kingdom. The offices that we have, that Gina Haspel used to hang out at, her office was like right there with the GCHQ's office, almost same building. Everybody goes to Costa Coffee for a coffee down, right down there, the building right there. Walk down by the river to have chit chats. Take a stroll by the embankment. All of them very very cozy. They share intelligence. One thing I want to say is when you say someone is your closest ally, right? You say someone's my ally. Yeah, they're my they're my ally. Period. When they're your closest ally, it means you've got insurance on them. They're my closest ally because they've got to be close cuz I got dirt on them. So pay attention to the rhetoric coming out of the White House how they're our closest ally. Before I play this clip, well, actually, let me play it so you guys can listen to it to yourself and, um, and then we can discuss this.
1: On this side of the ocean, uh, who we were at the highest levels in the US intelligence community, as sort of an agreement to collect and share information and do it in a way that would not necessarily attract undue attention, but would provide a documentary record that could be then really used
2: to justify. Targeting
3: Donald Trump. Just as the Trump administration took office, a senior official in the Obama Pentagon had an unguarded moment on MSNBC.
0: I had a fear that somehow that information would disappear with the senior people who left. So it would be hidden away in the bureaucracy um, that the Trump folks,
4: if they found out how we knew what we knew about their, the staff, the Trump staff dealing with Russians, that they would try to compromise those sources
0: and methods.
3: We know that specifically from a former Department of Defense official under Obama named Evelyn Farkas. She admitted to it. Johnson said in the beginning, the British were simply curious about Donald Trump as he became a serious candidate for president. The British
1: did this in part, I'm given to understand by people who were familiar with what was up, is that they were concerned about Trump's policies on NATO and Syria, and they they wanted to make sure that they could start understanding what he was up to.
3: One clear example of the U.K. surveillance was the monitoring of Trump campaign volunteer George Papadopoulos, he said.
1: How did George Papadopoulos come to the attention of both law enforcement and intelligence sources? And when you look at his story, you begin to realize his first communications from UK to United States, they were emails. So maybe, and one or two phone calls, I think, if I recall correctly. Well, those were intercepted. Absolutely, they were intercepted by the United
3: Kingdom through his general communications headquarters. And then information was passed back to the United States through intel channels. In fact, Papadopoulos, living in London, was told in early March 2016 that he could focus on American relations with Russia. One week later, an American intel asset, Professor Joseph Mifsud, approached him in Italy. Later on in March, Mifsud met with Papadopoulos in London and told him that he could introduce him to Russian President Vladimir Putin. And the Russian collusion hoax was born.
0: Okay, so from what you heard, right, they admitted that they wanted to ensure that how they obtained information on the Trump campaign was secret because they were worried that he would compromise their sources. So this is them admitting that they were spying on President Trump. Now, pay attention to what the CIA analyst said. They were curious about his policies of pulling out of NATO and Syria. Actually, they were curious about everything. They were curious about the fact that he wants to bring back the gold standard. They were curious about the fact that he's going to push this Iran facade. There's no nuclear deal, guys. <laughs> this is a money laundering scam. Iran is under, was under the control of the cabal, and they were the hub feeding oil, black gold, to the rest of the world. And through them are all the pipelines that network into the Middle East and siphon it. This is why tensions with Saudi Arabia and surrounding Arab nations exist, because they've literally sold their minerals to the globalists. They were afraid, and they should be. And like you said, General Communications Headquarters, GCHQ, like I said, that is where the CIA has their offices too. So you have to understand that they admit the United Kingdom was curious. What do you mean you're curious? How did you intercept communications with George Papadopoulos? Are you spying? I mean, now they're passing the buck that that those communications were not taken through the upstream in the United States, but they were what? Done through the United Kingdom. So was George Papadopoulos' rights violated? They are skewing the story. They're blaming everybody and their mother except for saying, you know what? She had a win. We were going to win at all costs, and we did everything we could to make sure we win. And we're still doing everything we could until we win. And they just haven't realized that the war's been over, and it's kind of like that incessant, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, it's over, we broke up, but yet they're still like, oh, I hope we can get back together. And they stalk you and send you texts and whatnot, right? Um, those They're still hopeful that something can come out of this. But like Farkas said, they were concerned that their sources were going to be compromised. What does that mean? That means that the Trump administration would go and find out who hired them, who paid them, and why. And so, ergo, the Obama administration is in a lot of trouble. I mean, think about it. He did everything. He orchestrated it. He authorized it. He allowed it to happen. And yet we have his vice president running for president. How does he run when he was involved in one of the biggest scandals ever? The biggest presidentially led coup to a nation. But guys, this is is horrendous. If Biden runs, all of us should be out there saying, you were compliant. You assisted in spying. You, you, you get rid of him. He has, he shouldn't even be running. I don't know why no one's looking at him. It's not like the vice president sits there with the sum up his butt. I mean, Pence did. Pence is in a lot of trouble. I still haven't heard a Trump-Pence ticket, and I'm pretty happy about that. He was in that room. He was part of that group. Yeah, let's get rid of Trump. You make me president. He was in that group, the wire chit-chat group, all of that. He was there. I want to see a Trump-Flynn ticket. That's what I want to see. Now, let me shift to something that people don't talk about because this warrants conversation. It's important that we discuss it and understand the whole what's going on. So first of all, I have many times referred to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, as the biggest bully on the planet. So you guys understand there's always got to be a positive and a negative for things to work. Well, the Federal Reserve pushes out fiat currency, right? Creates currency, manipulates currency, injects cash, and works with capital, right? as they see fit, how they want to manipulate the economy. The IMF, on the other hand, has its own currency, and that currency is debt. The debt of a nation, um, you know, increases or decreases the value of the debt currency. It's literally the opposite of what the Federal Reserve does. It causes negative money, loans. The IMF is a bully because they dictate... If a nation can be at peace, if a nation can meet its debt requirements, if a nation has capital, moving capital. Remember the IMF in 2015 when the Greeks voted for a Grexit with an overwhelming 62% get us out of the EU. What did the IMF do? It pulled all their liquid capital. They were under capital control. Do you know what that means? That means my friends and my family that live in Greece were not allowed to pull more than 300 cash euros a week in their hand. Everything had to be digital. The ATM would only allow you to put pull out from the ATM 60 euros or 40 euros a day until you reach your maximum. I think it was either 240 or 320 euros a week. It's pretty incredible because you had to go to the bank to get your maximum in cash. So people weren't even allowed to operate in cash. They no longer accept checks. So those that you know have retired from the United States and live in Greece, and get Social Security, they used to get their checks mailed to them from Social Security in the U.S. They can't do that anymore. They have to get a deposit. But they can't deposit into a foreign account, so they then need to fly back to the U.S., open up a U.S. bank account if they don't already have one, and have the money go there, because the banking system is controlled by who? The IMF. Now, the IMF is behind almost all policy recommendations, all of them. We see them at the G8, G20 summits. She's sitting right there. Remember that Lagarde was the woman that President Donald Trump in Canada stood up and was late and walked out of the meeting. She is everywhere. The director of the IMF is everywhere. Anything you want to talk about policies, she's there financials there, trade there. They lead everything. Now we have a breath of fresh air having in the World Bank our own type of person uh, that looks after the interests of the U.S., which is good. But what you have to understand is they manipulate everything. Um, they they decide if your nation will have violence or civil unrest. They sponsor violence in order to ensure that their economic goals are met. If they want you to be in debt to them and ask them for billions and millions of dollars, they will fund unrest, protests, terror attacks to manipulate the nation to bow down and accept their recommendations now it was um tweeted out today and it's a very old article um from alba waba which is like a gateway pundit kind of thing for the middle east uh they're very in your face they say things the way they are and they wrote a great article over a year ago on this Specifically, they wrote, when Sudan's uh, government drastically rose bread prices by slashing subsidies earlier in the year, the decision to do so was seemingly done overnight with little thought for its consequences. The British embassy and foreign office felt sidestepped by the announcement. And in fact, it seems that the decision about wheat subsidies was even made overnight with our embassy staff finding out about it via a hastily scanned image over whatsapp which they at first thought was a hoax the subsidies move was taken with very little caution or consultation immediately after the move became known thousands took the streets in protest and were brutally repressed by the sudanese police forces Countries in and around the Arab world have begun 2018 by repeating a grim pattern, pushing policies that make life more expensive than violently repressing resistance. So this is the introduction to it. Now, one organization is behind much of the sweeping policy changes, the International Monetary Fund, IMF. The IMF has a matter of fact recommended to governments that they end subsidies, limit the scope of the state, and open themselves up to the global market. What does that mean when you open yourself up to the global market? It means that you get money from the IMF and they dictate how you use it and they dictate how you pay it and they put you on schedule. Remember, when uh, the summit happened in Argentina, Who did the Argentinian president meet with? The IMF. That was a red flag for the president, and he made it clear to the president of Argentina. He said, yo, we're buddies. Don't do this. Who was driving Venezuela? The IMF. So without fail, such policies are dutiful, implemented, and then resisted by the people that are affected the most by these policies that they push. So much of the time, authoritarian regimes use violent tactics to silence the critics, right? So when democracy seems to be flourishing, and it's 2019, in the in, As the only, you know, viable, I guess, system. Uh, It's undemocratic policies that are imposed by the IMF to break down such governments. The IMF, even on its own, they say that the IMF's primary purpose is to ensure the stability of the international monetary system, the system of exchange rates and international payments that enables countries and their citizens to transact with each other. This is, this is their goal. And their goal is to make the state control As little as possible, they need to be in control, not the government. This is liberalism, far leftism, if anything. And the thing is that they have taken the Arab nations by storm, exploiting the vulnerabilities of uh, the, the people and the nations. I wanted you guys to listen to the worst interview ever. Let me put it up just in these few minutes that we have left. I want to play this. Going one. all
2: the way on oil sanctions. Um, they were in favor of continuing the waivers for countries like China and India and so forth. Uh, so that means Bolton's won. That's an ominous victory in my mind. To zero,
1: going to zero across the board. We will continue to enforce sanctions and monitor compliance. Any nation or entity interacting with Iran should do its diligence and err on the side of caution.
0: The Give me rest, a second, guys. Rest. I'm trying Good to find the right one. Good to be back again. So uh, the the little clip that I'm going to play is between um, some guy named Mark Steiner of the Real News Network, Real News uh uh and some guy named uh, Colonel Wilkerson. And so they analyze the whole waivers with Iran, which I'll get into in the second hour as well when Scott Adams joins me. But I want you guys to listen to what this colonel has to say, which is incredible, how misinformed they are. They're saying that Russia is one of the sanctioned states too, and they're not.
1: any nation or – Entity interacting with Iran should do its diligence and err on the side of caution.
0: That's Pompeo.
1: The risks are simply not going to be worth the benefits. We've made our demands very clear to the Ayatollah and his cronies. End your pursuit of nuclear weapons. Stop testing and proliferating ballistic missiles. Stop sponsoring and committing terrorism. Halt the arbitrary detention of U.S. citizens. Our pressure is aimed at fulfilling these demands and others, and it will continue to accelerate until Iran is willing to address them at the negotiating table. So what's your instant analysis
5: of what we've just seen here, what we're seeing, Larry?
2: First, the dispute within the administration, much valued between Bolton and Pompeo and Brian Hook, Pompeo's main man on Iran, is apparently over, and Bolton won. Pompeo and Brian Hook were not in favor of going all the way on oil sanctions, Um, They were in favor of continuing the waivers for countries like China and India and so forth. Uh, So that means Bolton's won. That's an ominous victory in my mind. More ominous was Bolton and Pompeo, and Pompeo in particular's testimony to the Congress about the, quote, connections between al-Qaeda and Iran, unquote. I've been there, done that. I remember when George Tenet very forcefully and powerfully in January, late January, early February of 2003, pointed out to Colin Powell, who had just said, toss that stuff out of my presentation to the United Nations. It stinks, that stuff being connections between Al Qaeda and Baghdad, right. 9 11. Um, Pompeo essentially said to Rand Paul in questioning in the Senate, and elsewhere, that there were connections between our
0: So here we have someone uh, claiming, uh, this colonel is claiming that Bolton 1 and Pompeo and Brian Hook were not in favor of these sanctions. So yesterday and the day before yesterday, talked a little bit about Iran. Uh, When we come back right after this break, I want you guys to listen to what he says and see how false information is perpetuated. India has already said that they've complied. They're starting new trade agreements uh, with Russia and new agreements with Saudi Arabia. Arabia so like I said there's eight not five countries that were sanctioned and by name quickly it is Japan China India South Korea Turkey Greece Italy and Taiwan but for some reason Taiwan Italy and Greece are not being discussed even though the president is discussing with them I'll see you guys shortly
7: It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy but when you call you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now 1-800-707-1219 one 800 707 1219
4: Hey, this is Leonora Criveder from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat 961-9194. Promo code RED State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For
0: the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com Welcome back everyone. So, uh, welcome back to the Tory Says Show. I'm just going to continue to point this out because this will feed into the Tamil Tigers. Something that no one has talked about. Everyone has forgotten the close and tight relationship with between Hillary Clinton as then Secretary of State and Barack Hussein Obama then as President. In addition, I will tell you that there is literally a criminal case currently in the United States for the former. Tamil Tiger, go-between Sri Lankan, that was unsealed just this December that passed. So a few months ago, the document was unsealed, and I have have it, and I'm going to be discussing it. It's about tax evasion, but before we get into that, just listen to what this colonel says. This is how you can tell who's on the America First side and who's not. Because they are painting a picture right now of what is going on in Iran favorable to that of the European Union. Because remember, Turkey already said that they're not going to comply and they're going to continue to buy oil from Iran. And they have to. 75 to 80 percent of the oil that Turkey has its in, in its possession to distribute to Asia and Europe and the majority goes to Europe. They are highly dependent on Turkey, almost um a hundred percent. They used to be dependent on Russia, but, you know, sanctions. So now they're buying it all from Turkey and Turkey does get some oil from Russia, but they've stopped working with them now. So they're only getting their oil from Iran and the same pipeline that feeds into Turkey from Iran is the one that feeds in uh, Qatar goes to Iran. And then from uh, oh, from Yemen, it goes to Q- Qatar and then it goes to um Iran and then it goes to Turkey and then obviously the hot mess that we're having in Oman which is them building pipelines uh, to link up to the pipeline to Yemen which is one pipeline. Oman, Yemen, Qatar, Iran, Turkey and in the end the purchases are the European Union. So the bottom line is we are starving out all the enemies. We are telling them you either stop cleaning money and using them geographically. Iran and Turkey are right there. They have access to the African, European, and Asian continent and also have access to Australia by water and to North and South America by water. They are geographically, like if you see it on a map, they have access to all of this. They are like at the, at the belly button of the planet, Where from that position, you can send ships everywhere. Anyway, so the bottom line is we've been pushing hard. We've done the sanctions. We told them you got 180 days to figure out where you're going to buy oil. We've already indicted and sentenced and fined two huge banks. One was Standard Charter Bank, right? Right billions and billions of dollars for evading longstanding U.S. sanctioned policies on Iran because they were all fake. They were all faux show. So take a listen to what this guy says.
2: Al-Qaeda and Iran and implied that those connections gave the president the right to go to war with Iran without having to go to the Congress of the United States. In other words, the original AUMF authorization for the use of military force issued after 9-11 pertain some 17, 18 years later to Iran.
0: So what he's saying is, is that President Trump is going to war. He can declare war on Iran, bypassing Congress because Pompeo said that they're linked to al-Qaeda, but they are. Here's how they are, because it was very clear from the indictments, the sentencing and the fines, they've been money laundering for Iran. Right, And this is why in a court of law they were found guilty. Because they're giving money to terrorist groups such as Hamas, such as Hezbollah, such as Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, we've got Al-Shabaab. They are funding everything. This is why Iran is the washing machine for this money. So this guy is talking complete rubbish and trying to say... The president wants to pick a war with Iran, and this is why he's doing it. He's not going to blow Iran up. We are not sending troops to Iran. Iran will be neutralized without one speck of, not one American bullet flying. Not one. Because Iran is just a country that has establishment persons in place that Peter Strzok's daddy put in place with who? Brennan back in the 70s. Like, people have a short-term memory. And this colonel, I hope he's not... Like, seriously, let me not see him in person to say, you are establishment. This is why you are has-been and not is-been. That doesn't make sense. I'm just really pissed. Take a listen to why I'm really, really angry.
5: But And that's what really he's scared himself. I mean, the, the, the most... People who, who know this arena and know that area, I mean, the contradiction of saying Iran and al-Qaeda are one or working with one another just on its face doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, nonsense, just as it was with Saddam Hussein, we all know now. Uh, but it was a very powerful thing for Colin Powell to tell the UN Security Council and even more powerful for him to tell the American people that. And that's what Trump and Bolton and Pompeo now are trying to duplicate, another specious case for war.
5: So do you think, speaking of that, are we inching our way towards with Iran, or do you think this this what which these sanctions are actually in lieu of war? I mean, what do, you, what do you think the dynamic is here?
2: I don't think Trump wants war, but I know John Bolton does. So I have to imagine that there's going to be a come-to-Jesus meeting or some such resolution with Donald Trump if Bolton persists in wanting to use military force and Donald Trump doesn't. Now, on the side of all of this— is Trump's new partner in crime, Bibi Netanyahu. We don't know what Bibi promised Donald Trump when Donald Trump weighed in on Bibi's election. I'm told by people who know these sorts of things in Israel that had Trump not weighed in heavily for Bibi, that he might not have won, that it might have been a lot closer than it was, and it was pretty close anyway. So I don't know what Bibi promised Trump in return. It might be that he conducts whatever military operation is conducted with respect to Iran. So, you know, anything's possible here with these two characters.
5: And it's, yeah, but the, 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 the whole Bibi question is something we spent a half an hour hours just talking about what that relationship is and who's driving what's whose foreign policy when it comes to Iran, especially. Yes, um, I mean.
2: Okay. He leave Levy, was right when he said U.S. Middle East policy is not made in Washington. It's made, he said, Tel Aviv, but now he would say Jerusalem.
5: So let me ask you some other questions. How can the United States just unilaterally impose international sanctions? I thought that's something the Security Council had to do, and people are writing this is a violation of international law. So from your perch, when you were the Secretary of State and now, I mean, how does that play into all this?
2: I think it plays very dangerously we are becoming, through our manipulation of the SWIFT system and other means in the world for financial transactions, a pariah in the world, very much despised and even hated in the world, and increasingly by our own friends and allies like Germany, France, Britain, and so forth. This manipulation of this system that we largely set up for tracking terrorist monies and so forth has been turned into a very sophisticated weapon It's economic warfare in anybody's book. And the only reason we're getting away from it, you just hinted at. We're getting away with it because we are the most powerful country in the world, economically, financially, and militarily. That's not always going to be the case. And I suspect there are going to be some people like China, like Russia, like India, like other countries in the world, finally get tired of this and start— Reciprocating and building other systems to go around ours.
5: Well, this when well, this stepping up the sanctions against Iran and saying nobody can buy any oil from Iran at all, zeroing them out. I mean, China and 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 Turkey have already said we're not abiding by this. You can't tell us how to run our economy and what we're doing. India is caught between a rock and a hard place. They don't want to go go with this. All the ten percent of the crude comes from Iran. But they're they're in a tough bind, given given who finances them as well. So, I mean, how's this going to play out? This could lead to a greater trade wars between China and the U.S. I mean, how do you see this all kind of tumbling out, both in terms of Iran and our relationship with those other nations?
0: Okay, so I'm going to stop it right there because I get really irritated when people that had some form of position—he was the former chief of staff for Col- Colonel Powell—will um, sit there and. Tell you how this is warmongering. I've said it in November that war is brewing. But we, it's 2019, so war is a lot more civilized. Remember, it's not the people of Iran. It's the people like those so-called allies. It's the people of the fourth unelected branch of government within the United States that manipulate globally who, what, when, and where, and how. This is all about money. And the petrodollar, that's the bottom line. So what this move does, and hat tip to them to throw in the Al-Qaeda where it's actual factual because it's been in court that they have been money laundering, evading U.S. sanctions, evading U.S. banking systems in the way they were moving the money around. They were indeed funding these terrorist organizations. The mention of it is correct that we can declare war because here's the thing, it's unpredictable. Now, Turkey already said, "Uh, you're not going to tell me what to do. I really don't care because Iran makes the money. That's their economy. They are the gatekeeper for black gold for the European Union and states of Asia. It's a big deal for them. Of course they're going to say no, and that's fine. Because we've seen Erdogan in the past week talk about people being jowers, right, which is – a derogatory term like the N-word was used back in the day for people that are not Muslims. So it's like that word for non-Muslims. And he's been using that rhetoric for over a month in every single local, state, Turkish outlet that he's spoken to. So he has taken a very firm position. The next step is what? To sanction the European Union. And this is going to put a lot of pressure. Remember, they have elections coming In May, this is perfect timing because here is where the United States says, you've all come out and told the people that Iran is a nuclear threat. You've created a deal with Iran for this nuclear supposed threat. Now you're um, anti-Semitic. You're against Israel. You're saying they're teaming up. And no wonder Israel is the only nation in the Middle East that doesn't have an Islamic influence, that have their own nukes and seek their independence. And they do so from a power of strength, which is money. We know Jews have a lot of money, so everybody hates them. It's kind of like hating people for having that expensive handbag you don't have. The European Union, as of May 2nd, the minute Turkey has not found alternate because we know China is already working on the whole Venezuela aspect because they invested $5 billion. They put a lot of money into Venezuela before this this – storm happened there that we helped usher along to free Venezuela and we have already and Guaido has already said that he will honor the contracts they have for oil and mineral rights uh, that China has invested in Venezuela so these Venezuela is battling it out on a personal level and China is looking to get oil elsewhere it's Turkey that is putting their foot down and this is what's going to happen. May 2nd comes along, May 2nd, May 3rd, we will have sanctions on Turkey. So that means those allies we have will be sanctioned for buying oil from Turkey. So they will either do one of the two, remove the sanctions they have on Russia and start buying it from Russia because they've got a direct pipeline from Russia to the Ukraine that circumvents Turkey, So Putin becomes rich, which then, you know, the mainstream media and all these clowns are going to say, look, President Trump did this to make Putin rich. This is what they're going to spin it as. Look, he's such friends with Putin that now we only can buy our stuff from Putin. It's all President Trump's fault because they're friends. And that's not the case. The case is we need to shut it down in Iran. We need to let the people revolt because they will have no money. And we need to pe- let the people take over Iran and make Tehran great again. He used to be so awesome with markets and carpets and nightlife. It was awesome. Now it's not awesome. So that will be coming shortly may 2nd is right around the corner now let's get to the tamil tigers come on guys tamil tigers so the tamil tigers first let me start to say let me introduce you to some dude okay his name is um and i'm gonna try to pronounce it because they always have like these it's jalia wikramasuria so he uh let me tell you a little bit about him. So he was—he's uh, from Sri Lanka. He um, is first cousin, cousins with Mahinda Rajapaska, who was president of Sri Lanka between 2005 and 2015. Colonel Prasanna Wickramasuri, same last name as him, um, is his younger brother and is and is the brother-in-law of Colonel Lafir. Uh, so that's him. Now, after his cousin was elected president of Sri Lanka, uh, Wickramasuriya was appointed council general for the Democratic Socialist Republic of Sri Lanka in LA. So he was like uh, the ambassador for them. So he was there from 2005 to 2008. In August 2008, he was appointed by President Rajapaska as ambassador of the Democratic Socialist Republic of Sri Lanka to the United States and Mexico. So uh, it was at this time that... um, uh, an investigation uh, began into him for tax evasion, and that the U.S. government requested that uh, Sri Lanka recalls him as ambassador. So this happened around 2008, um, but then it all went away. It went all went away, and suddenly uh, in July 2014, he was recalled, and he was replaced by some person named Asela Wirakoon. Um, and, you know, he was like the interim guy until Kari Yasama was appointed as the permanent ambassador. So what happened was is they found, um, they arrested him on, uh, hear this out, listen to the date. <clears throat> they arrested him on November 17th, 2016, when he tried to flee the country from his airport because he was allegedly um, responsible for receiving three hundred thirty-two thousand U.S. dollars um, when he was a Sri Lankan ambassador, and the courts um, remanded him, and you know the money was supposedly used to purchase house in the U.S. for his daughter. So this was done. Now there was an open warrant issued for him in twenty eighteen, um, and this has allowed him. Um, you know, to to get caught. So the Department of Justice indicted him following this FBI investigation. And, you know, uh, they've asked uh, for him to come out. He had diplomatic immunity uh, during his tenure. So that's being challenged. But here's the thing. The indictment has something to do with something else. So the Tamil Tigers, right, they are rebels, right? They were always in the shadows, Um And most of them were, you know, lawyers, uh, tax agents, police, military, and they are the ones that are revolting all the time. So they are trying to take back their country because it's a socialist republic. It's really, really oppressive. So it is... It was actually fueled by the Obama administration. In um. In 2010, the ambassador then of the U.S. was meeting with a lot of members in Congress. Uh, One of them was Glenn Thompson. He's a Republican from Tennessee. Um, you know, Senator uh, Landro, Democrat from Louisiana, uh, met with Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, a Republican. Um. Uh, Dry House from Pennsylvania Tons of them So the meetings focused on the economy of Sri Lanka And positive developments And It's conflict that they have with the liberation Or the Tamil Tigers as they call And so they were discussing Sri Lanka's um, you know, plan and the lessons that he learned in regards to um, resettling displaced persons after, you know, huge attacks and waves of attacks. So there was a huge kind of um, wave of support. He even went on the record and said that State Secret- the Secretary of State Clinton um, has... Um, stated that internal commissions like the uh, Lessons Learned and Reconciliation Commission uh, played an important role during periods of conflict. Now, what we need to understand is that Secretary Clinton offered a lot of support – for Sri Lanka's effort to rebuild, um, you know, after their 25-year struggle against terrorism, okay? She said that to the new ambassador because the previous ambassador that was there was not playing footsie with them. So this is why they suddenly started investigating him. You get it? When Obama came in, they started investigating him. The thing is, the ambassador at the time uh, that, she was speaking with is highly linked to the Tamil Tigers. And so she's been praised by the government of Sri Lanka many, many times for how she's, uh, you know, worked together with them for lessons that they've learned. They had this commission called the Lesson Learned and Reconciliation Commission to examine conduct at the conflict's conclusion. It never concluded. The Tamil Tigers are there and they're thriving. They've been funding them. It's just organizing them more correctly. Correctly with U.S. dollars, of course, and compliance, and IMF loans. So um, they were discussing with Clinton back, now we're talking 2009, how they're going to resettle 45,000 displaced people in the next three months. So they gave loans, they provided U.S. humanitarian aid to Sri Lanka. So they were paying money to Sri Lanka. And... uh, Secretary then Clinton said, oh, we're giving humanitarian assistance. But we're moving beyond the just repair of the schools. We're helping with infrastructure and creating jobs. Huh. I'm telling you, this Easter worshippers thing was a big non-coincidence. This is exactly how it happened. Sri Lanka was positioned in a way so it can pivot Asia. Pivot Asia. Think back to after Hillary Clinton lost their election. Where did all the swamp creatures go? Did they not go to Australia? Yes. Did they not go to New Zealand? Yes. They went to India, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan, correct? They went to all these nations that are, well, obviously the five eyes so they can access things— but the nations in Asia that are plagued by terrorism, domestic terrorism that is under control. The minister at the time, back in 2013, had said that the Sri Lankan government had implicit faith in the Indian central government that it would continue to maintain close ties with them despite the current situation with the Tamil Tigers. This is because the Tamil Tigers are well-connected with India and Pakistan as well. People don't seem to understand that because no one explains it to them. So that's why I'm telling you this. So... When the ambassador who was recalled, Wicra he was focusing on um, Western economic development and shifting power from the West to the East by reinforcing trade, security alliances. And he um, even asked Obama foreign policy um, to pivot to Asia to make it America's Pacific century. And he was shot down. Obama said, no, this isn't happening. You're not getting your time. We don't need the Pacific. We don't need you guys. You need us. And this is why they started investigating him. This is why they made it stick. You think this money came out of nowhere? So he gets a bribe to do what? Probably give someone a job? This happens all the time. not saying that it's right, but it happens all the time. What people need to understand is that this U.S. and Asia pivot that was requested so that they can develop and advance just the way India has advanced because Obama did what Hillary Clinton said. They both did. They invested in infrastructure. That's where we saw how we lost our jobs telecoms out in India but you know fulfillment centers India 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 Sri Lanka Pakistan India Philippines that's how they invested by creating cheap labor and saying that we're helping you you know settle down your displaced people this is a crime what they did to those nations is is criminal they didn't empower them see leaders don't you know step on you leaders don't tell you what to do leaders give their hand to you and say how can i make you as good as i am that is what a leader is the leadership that people call to through the obama administration as as and then secretary clinton was not leadership it was tyranny it was complete tyranny They kneeled and destroyed these nations. They provided jobs, cheap labor that benefited them, not the people that were actually doing the labor. They created jobs, but what's the point when your farming job could give you more? Because they had their own economy that the U.S. at the time under Obama decided, we're going to tell you what economy you have. And that's that that's the Tamil Tigers so Obama and Hillary Clinton calling a Easter worshippers show that we are with you in this fight to disallow America to empower the nations something the Tamil Tigers don't want they want them to be a socialist and communistic type nation now after the break I'll be joined with Scott Adams we'll continue the conversation of the Tamil Tigers current events and what's to come See you all shortly. filtered news real news welcome everyone to the Tory says show i'm your host tori and today is what you would call on a news cycle so busy it's confusing we have no idea where to begin where to end and I said that at the beginning of the week that this week is going to go fast but it's also going to go complex we have a lot of facets to talk about now on this hour I have brought with me a Scott Adams I am so glad you have joined us uh, he has a great show of his own uh, three hours long the Scott Adams show uh, you can follow him on Twitter at at Scott Adams show or go to his webpage www.scottadamshow.com Scott, thanks for joining us here at the TorySays show. How are you doing today?
8: Oh, I'm doing great, Tory. It's so exciting to be a patriot and watch the Democrats just crumble.
0: Well, exactly. It's, it's pretty incredible. Like they're cannibalizing themselves right now. We've got um, the United Kingdom up in arms. They were in <laughs> 2017 when it was suggested that Trump would come for a state visit. And at that point, Theresa May was like, well, okay, he may not come, you know, because he was under, they already knew that they were going to start this whole Russia probe, right? Because they were in on it. So they were like, you can't invite him because it's embarrassing to the queen. And now we have all of them there saying rescind the offer. And she's like, well, I can't rescind it. The queen would have to rescind it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing bringing this man here. Why is it embarrassing? Because we're telling everyone that you guys helped create the Russia hoax. What's your take on that? Uh, This whole state visit that, remember, I talked about it in March and people were like, well, I haven't seen that happen yet. And it's like. Well, it's going to be announced.
8: You know, it. Yeah, they they were basically they thought they were going to prevail. They thought that their their part of the five eyes equation was uh, to bring down a presidential candidate uh, and blame it on Russia was going to succeed, uh, but they really uh, I think overestimated this the uh, the wisdom of John Brennan and James Comey. These are the people, of the gang who can't shoot straight. These are natural born losers in McCabe and Comey and Clapper and Brennan, and all of these people that never really had to get into a fight where they actually got punched back. It's the first time they've been flicked in the nose by someone's index finger and they're crying the blues now. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's what's happening. I agree, with them. I agree. But, but this thing, this thing, I mean, when you read Trump's tweet, calling out, I mean, basically outing, outing the British Intel Five Eyes partners for what they've done. And he called them out on the carpet like he did with Obama. And every time Trump calls somebody out, his track record is as good as Julian Assange, 100%. accuracy. And right now, we have so many things that really aren't being talked about in the mainstream media. We could talk about Julian Assange's testimony about Seth Rich, and that's going to destroy the Russian narrative that they tried to pin on Russia. Uh, The deep state and the mainstream media and the Spygate all working hand in glove to try to overthrow a president through a soft coup, it's getting to be well-documented and well-understood that this was a coup against our country, a coup against an American sitting president and a coup against a presidential election in 2016. And yet, still, you see Hillary with the nerve that she has. But there's so many other things, Tory, that haven't been talked about, like what's happening in Iran and the Revolutionary Guard, Ali Nashiri. Then we got Julian Assange, then we got the British intel being outed. You know, they, it's, it's all starting to crumble. And there's, there's no way that they're going to be able to stop the floodgates at this point. We still haven't even seen all the fruit from Munez's labor or Ratcliffe's labor or Doug Collins' labor or uh, even the testimony from Bill Priestap that's unveiling the fact through the hard work and effort of someone like Tom Fitton and all his FOIA requests that have revealed that Barack Obama not only was part of the Spygate, not only part of the cooperation with the five Eyes partners, but also was understood he, he fully understood the off the grid play that Hillary Clinton was doing with her off the grid servers. And then we also now understand that the FBI and the DOJ were rigged. When they looked into Wiener's laptop and when they looked into the missing emails, they knew Priest that knew where they were all along, mm-hmm. according to this new newest uh, document release.
0: Exactly, and that's and that that causes concern. I mean, do, you know, I want to take it back a notch. Aside from the fact that they were spying on him when he wasn't president, spying on him while he was president, tried to prevent him from being elected, and then tried to prevent him from swearing in, and then trying to prevent him. From exercising his presidential executive authority, being president, basically, with the Mueller probe, and now trying to impeach him, it seems one after the other after the other as a global effort, because it's global news channels that are reporting the same things the talking heads on CNN are saying. You know, the ones that have less ratings than you and I, Scott, their ratings are lower than ours, (laughs)
8: Now, we have to draw into question those people that were poisoned, those spies that were poisoned, and then we blamed Russia. We have to draw into question now uh, the Iran nuclear deal for the corrupt pay-to-play kickback scheme that it actually was. And there's a lot of loose cannons floating around right now with Ali Nashiri getting his uh, asylum in a Gulf state uh, after fleeing the Revolutionary Guard with documents in hand. So you got this big bombshell. You got other bombshells, you know, like the mysterious presence of John Podesta in New Zealand. Uh, We find out that Samantha Power was actually in Sri Lanka, and she was uh, someone who redacted 260-something times using code words from a a, a fifth grader uh, that came out of Sidwell Friends School, the one that all the deep state children go to. Uh, you have the the picture of the red shoe in Sri Lanka that uh, Shepard Smith, ex, you know, uh, that, that w- they've taken with a photograph, and that's uh, something that Tony Podesta, for example, was famous for wearing red shoes that indicate, you know, child not, sla- sex slavery. Actually, actually, and we I wanted to tell you something about the red a lot more going shoes. on. There, I want, I there wanted- was a lot more going on with uh, Samantha Power's connection when she was over there with a person that was involved with child trafficking.
0: Okay, something on the red shoes that people don't know is that it's not the red shoes it's symbolic but the reason that they're red is that the finest leather that anyone can own and this is deep state statements not mine is human and those are the shoes and Macaulay Culkin in 2013 uh, while living in Paris made that statement to the Le Monde in France that One producer had, you know, tried to get him to kind of smoke on a pipe and perform a sexual act on him when he was like nine or 10 and showed him his shoes and said that that was that little girl from Poltergeist. So that's where the story of the red shoes come. Um, what, I, what you're right about is that the Iran thing has nothing to do with nukes. It has to do about money and pushing money. And earlier in the show, I played my listeners a clip from the Real News Networks where Mark Steiner and the former chief of staff for Colin Powell, um, Colonel Wilkerson uh, sat and started to say how trump is going to war with iran and this is warmongering because they said that iran is tied to al-qaeda now if you remember correctly just this week uh, that passed um, and then the week before that two banks were found guilty and have to pay billions of dollars of fines for moving money around for iran and evading u.s policies and u.s sanctions because they're funding what terrorist groups and all terrorist groups we're talking al Shabaab, hamas hezbollah al-qaeda so that wasn't a false statement but what he tried to do is create the simile of how that statement was thrown around so that we can you know attack iraq iraq for 9-11 And that Bolton won and he's a warmonger and this is happening. Pompeo didn't want it. Brian Hook didn't want it. And it's like this is the problem in America. We have people that have served our country still talking smack and still portraying things wrong. It's all about the petrodollar. It's all about money it has nothing to do with nukes
8: it also explains i mean there's a lot of tea leaves that we can go to like khashoggi and his murder right in turkey and and what was lindsey graham's position what was john mccain doing what was he doing with david kramer right you can look at the behavior and see how these deep state players and these uh, washingtonian elites are fighting tooth and nail for every single angle. This is a game of chess, and there's a lot of pieces on the board right now that are being in play. And you could take a look. I mean, it's kind of a coincidence too, Tori, that you have Michelle Obama outside of Notre Dame. You have John John Podesta outside of, you know, there and present in New Zealand. You have um, someone like Samantha Power in Sri Lanka. You can go on and on with all of these different events And all of these strange deep state players are found in these locations, whether it be Nancy Pelosi up in Ireland, you know, with that situation. There's so many different things that are happening that are just really strange, really odd, that that require a little bit more examination. Um, But also, uh, a lot of the key players, uh, a lot of the key ingredients to taking down a lot of these big factions. Remember uh, when um, Robert Mueller indicted 12 russians he was trying to say it's russians that did it it wasn't hillary that did it it wasn't uh it wasn't um Seth obama Rich, that did it it, wasn't obama, it was it was the russians. russians that did why do they want to blame the russians because the russians will never see a courtroom they'll never have to actually prove their prosecution they'll never never ever have to be held accountable for their indictments but they'll get credit for them and that's what the mainstream media did the mainstream media was trying to force Trump to saying, surely you know that the Russians meddled in our elections. And it was just just the other day when Time 100 interviewed Jared Kushner, and he said, well, to the extent that you think that $160,000 in Facebook ads can actually sway an election, because we were spending $160,000 every three hours, I don't think it would have had an impact. And that was the extent of the Russian involvement. Is what he was saying. So when Hillary Clinton says we still need to look into it further, and that Trump ought to be indicted, this is just par for the course. More hot air rhetoric coming out of this thing, but they want to blame the Russians because they know that they're never going to—they're never going to have to prove their prosecution case, and they could just say, "Well, the Russians did it," and hang the noose around the Russians' neck. They tried to do that with the British intel by poisoning the. spies and then we had to sanction the russians as as a reaction to that uh and they were trying to pour pour cold water on the helsinki meeting by doing the 12 russian indictments so they've been trying every step of the way and now we're starting to see more and more revelations about what lindsey graham's reactions are to these things and what john mccain you know his involvement is as we learn more and more about what his role was and then you got this bill priest testimony and a whole host of other things
0: well you're uh, there's
8: a lot of information that's coming out and you know the, the, the killer to the whole thing and just to wrap this up is this is if Julian Assange comes out of the woodwork like we just programmed him to you know by using the Ecuadorian uh, leverage that we had and getting him to, to come to the United States, if he spells out exactly what was going on with Seth Rich, it's going to be game over. Game set match for the Russian collusion delusion. Then we can look at the Uranium One, which is what the Russian keys have. Then we can look at the Iran nuclear deal, which is the biggest heist in the history of mankind. $150 billion in a robbery. That's
0: what that was. Well, look, the bottom line is I want to go back to what you said. So we have to look at what roles were with the Khashoggi deal. But even before that, you know how you're saying they're always popping up in places. You remember before John McCain died, he was hopping around the planet. Remember, Yeah, he was in Hanoi, he was was in Sri Lanka, Yeah, he was in New Zealand, he was in Europe, and then suddenly he died. He fell off the radar and he died. So, you know, the McCain was key. And see, um, what I was saying earlier in the hour is we're seeing that Biden is coming out now and he wants to run. And it's like, how is he running when the administration that he worked for, where he was the second man in line, was part of this coup? You can't run like that, Scott. You can't run, you know, when your pants are full of shiff, right? Because it stinks. Hello, so,
8: Hunter Biden.
0: Right, right. So Biden wants to run. You know what we're going to see? We're going to see Republicans support him. We're going to see people that are long-standing old guard Republicans support him. We're going to see who isn't? Yeah, it's all about who's exactly.
8: insured, who is not.
0: Exactly. And we're seeing a lot of Republicans now saying, oh, well, who cares about Hillary Clinton anymore? Let's move on. No, we're not moving on. And what you've been describing, uh, you know, is exactly what I've been saying. They're trying to drive our foreign policy from Khashoggi. Turkey sponsored the advertising, Turkey put it all over the place. Everyone was saying how bad Saudi Arabia is. We need to not have relations. The media tried to to tell the president who to have relations with and who not to. And they even accelerated that where in Argentina you saw Putin and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia high-fiving because they already knew the plan. The plan is we're going to stop the, the, the harassment of the Iranian people, not the regime that Peter Strzok's daddy and Brennan helped put into place in the 70s, the people. Liberate them. Get rid of this facade, this shell, this wannabe enemy that may or may not have nukes, and that's a problem. Because since they're the money... They're- it's, and
8: it's the little things. Remember you pointed this out to me, actually. And that was when, you know, little Emmanuel Macron... Uh, was coming like hat in hand and acting like you know he was basically yeah they you took know, that video down Solomon's now. bitch mm-hmm. right and you had this situation where this interaction where it was like the guy wearing the pants in a relationship with Solomon and Mac- Macron looked like some small dude. Yeah, in he that was like, you're not you're listening to me.
0: Yeah, he was like, you're not listening to me. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm listening to you. And he <laughs> was kind of like laughing. They took that video down. That showed that everybody knows what's coming. And the problems, the, the thing about Iran is, is that ever since that regime was instated in the late 70s, right, that everyone – promoted everyone bowed down to you know we're talking all the mccain's and establishment republicans the lindsey graham's they all come from the same boat mccain and graham are on the same boat okay mccain's obviously in the one in hell right now but you know mccain's still alive uh, uh, through lindsey graham well Here's the deal. We don't know if Iran has nukes or not. We don't know anything about Iran. We can't trust the intel we have there because they're all I working. Think, I think
8: we're going to trust it a little bit more now that we have Ali Nashiri uh, claiming us as, uh, requesting asylum from the. Uh, With the United States. Yeah,
0: but, you know, I don't know if I can take that. Because if he was claiming asylum, right, and he was actually defecting from Iran, and he was claiming asylum, no one would know about it. I'm being honest. Because I've seen assets flip, and no one will know about it. Big assets flip, no one will know about it. So I take that with a grain of salt, especially when the mainstream media is pushing it too. So for that reason, you know, I... Yeah, no, they covered it. They talked about it. So it, it concerns me uh, that it's a widely known. Usually these things are done like in the middle of the night under cloak and dagger, and you have no idea who defected and why or where. So the fact that it was stated, I take it with a grain of salt, or it could be just a poser right of a persona because they already have the information they need but regardless Iran is just a, a, a laundry machine right it just washes money for the globalists to you know push out and the deal that Iran has is is that the people in the regime are well enough fed and have enough money to sustain their government even though they're one of the richest countries because they have so much oil yet they're in so much poverty which makes no sense you know Saudi Arabia has golden toilets You know, because they have oil and they have less oil than Iran right now. Right. Because if they ramp up their production, the 69 years of oil that they have left will turn into 30. Right. Their 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 meal ticket is expiring in 30 years if they ramp up the oil, you know, the oil pumping. Right. Venezuela's got 300 years worth of oil. So, we have to think about that. We don't know a lot about Iran. What we're told can be all fabricated because now we know through the banking systems that they've been cleaning money and purchasing. And it's like a shell for both, you know, the former guard of the US, Europe, China, washing money and then redistributing to continue uh, their efforts in creating a democratic, peaceful environment, <laughs> according mm-hmm. to their words. So, the thing is, Iran will be fixed. We're not going to go to war. We're not going to nuke them. We're not going to bomb them. But we're going to kneel the EU. We're going to expose them for what they are. And look at the timing, Scott. 2nd of May, Turkey has to decide. No more waiver after that. And if they stand by their word, which is like, we're not, you're not going to tell us what to do. Then sanctions go whoever's buying oil from Iran, we're no longer, from Turkey, we're no longer working with you. Big right? Too
8: for China, because as the world markets comply, see, keep in mind, we have Malpass now, the new leader of the World Bank. The World Bank is, can, can control sanctions, can enforce sanctions in a way that the Chinese corrupt leader of the World Bank, wouldn't have they were showing favorable loan lending uh, lending to uh, china as a development nation uh that's no longer in in play and there is a lot of potential pushback against china china could end up really uh, at the short end of the stick as the world markets start to reemerge uh in this new playing field this new landscape that trump is put into play where america is getting a bigger piece of the slice of the pie and that the uh our european partners and other players in the world are you know have we've renegotiated with them with bilateral trade uh and there's just more opportunities for the united states for us to take and china especially with the new developments in iran and the waivers and you know the sanctions they're not abiding by the sanctions china is not and so they'll they'll find themselves isolated from the world.
0: No, they won't. And, they won't, Scott, because Japan is also on the chopping block and so is South Korea. And so it's a really sensitive. About that Asian block. I yeah, get that. It is. It's a problem with this Asian block. That's the thing. So that is actually a concern. And I know it's going to be dealt with as trade wars with China. But, um, you know, in the end, we have the European elections commencing in May. And if we impose sanctions against the European Union for buying oil from Turkey because it buys from Iran, it's going to be a problem. And they can say that it's election meddling or the president working with Putin to make Russia rich because they can't buy oil from Iran. They have to get it from Russia through the pipeline that they've just finished uh, between Russia and the Ukraine. So this is a big deal like this isn't like oh yeah we're just putting sanctions. We have people coming out saying it's illegal. They can't do this and it's like what do you mean we can't do this? The sanctions have been in place for like 20 years. Are you kidding? And now Ooh. we're actually enforcing them and not giving, you know, no shave chit waivers out. You know, we're waving, yeah, the rules apply to everyone except for you. You what? No. They either apply or they don't. You're either with us or you're against us. That's the way it is and it's a hard line. And people don't like it and I have one
8: thing to read here where it says, the Iranian economy, read uh, read the mullahs, not the people. Depend on oil revenues. Their top customers are ROK, China, Japan, and India. India and ROK are going to zero out purchases. I believe Japan will also. Then it says this, this will leave China as a sole importer of Iranian oil and facing massive U.S. sanctions for Doing so while China is already trying to avoid massive tariffs due to unfair trade policies. China will be forced to make a decision. Import oil from the U.S. and OPEC instead or face both tariffs on its goods to the U.S. in addition to massive banking and economic sanctions for continuing to buy Iranian oil. That's the... the, choice
0: well okay so so china also invested five billion dollars in venezuela so there's a backup plan right and oh everybody's these are people moving
8: around the chessboard
0: right right so they can they can they can they can can tap into that oil because both of them maduro and guaido will honor that because that's money that came to their state and they've said Mm. that so you know they've got a backup plan the only person resisting right now is turkey China, we don't know. Uh, the president hasn't talked about China, which is weird, in a while. And China is our biggest enemy, has always been our biggest right enemy. By the way,
8: Erdogan sells out to the high He's a big sellout. Erdogan is a big sellout and not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's a radical Islamic jihadi sympathizer, Muslim Brotherhood sympathizer. And I think given those choices— the guy's not that bright.
0: Well, no. Like I said, back in November and December and January, Turkey will be who the EU are going to throw under the bus. Turkey right. is flexing their muscles because the EU's like, yeah, you stick it to them. You stand firm. We'll stand with you. Yeah, they'll stand with them. But look at the timing. They've got EU right. elections going. This is where countries are begging to get out. This will be just an excuse. So this is mm-hmm. huge. The timing is huge. No, they-,
8: but they were on the wrong side of Venezuela as well. well and uh, yeah, they could hang out with China and Venezuela all day long. But if they isolate themselves from the world and they get booted out of NATO, despite the fact that they have an important s- plot of land that we can use, uh, but we're not going to the conflict is the conflicts that are emerging are different today than they were 2013 20, thirty, twenty, and ten years ago in the Middle East.
0: I agree. Let's listen to this short break here. And continue the conversation right after this break.
1: Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn, Jr, and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. Thank you and God bless America.
6: How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855 700 297885570029788557002978 that's 85-70-2978.
7: guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam sounds great right even better your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease if you're a US citizen between 15 and 80 you can get life insurance guaranteed
0: Welcome back to the Tory Says show. I'm your host Tory. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tory underscore Says, and I'm always here on Red State Talk Radio Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time, and you can join the Red State Talk Radio facebook group um it's open to the public just join we share a lot of great content and have conversations and uh with me this hour i have scott adams coming to us from the scott adams show uh, you can follow him on twitter at at scott and scott adams show.com and go to his webpage, page www.scottadamshow.com so that you can get his show's uninterrupted with no commercials, um, to listen to at your leisure. Scott, thank you again for joining us here at the Tory says show. Um, so I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about Dorsey going to see the president at the white house. What do you think that was all about?
8: I think it was about Trump realizing that he needs to get ahead of the social media bias and you know the basically the attacks and the unfair advantage and and the fact that you know when you take a look at the mainstream media and how they have crumbled i mean their their ratings have dropped almost like by 50 percent cnn and msnbc are failing miserably and that's why we're seeing you know huge numbers at red state talk radio because people are looking for truth and you know So when you take a look at where people are getting their news, they're going out and becoming citizen journalists and digging deep and digging for information on their own. That means social media is going to play a major, have a major impact on the 2020 election. I think Trump needs to, he realizes that, you know, he's been, he he skyrocketed from, you know, 4 million when he first started to about, uh, about 50 million overnight like it was like almost like a million per week it was like incredible how fast he was growing and then he got the 50 million and now he's at what like 58 million over the last year it was really really a challenge for him to grow now part of that is saturation but the other part is he knows there are algorithms in place that are allowing bots to attack him relentlessly and to just basically treat him unfairly And I I think that you got favorable bots helping out Obama's, uh, you know, uh, exchange. And Obama has nothing to offer. You look at Obama's tweets, they're pathetic, far and few in between, not entertaining at all, boring. And yet his numbers have been growing at a pace that's, you know – greater than even Trump's, but Trump's is more effective because Trump is speaking truth and he's putting out messages that are relevant and pertinent to the American population. So when he sees this, he realizes that he needs to get ahead of this. I think he was looking at some executive orders uh, that would actually spell big trouble for Jack Dorsey and was given Jack Dorsey an opportunity to straighten it up or he'll straighten it up. And I think that's where Trump left it. I think Trump had papers on his desk. He had a lot of information. He had uh, Scavino, his social media guru there. He had um, a lot. He has a lot of really talented social media warriors uh, there. And I think he realized that he had some leverage there. I think Jack Dorsey realizes this guy's not playing. I make one more mistake, and I continue on with this censorship and bias. And I'm going to be, my life is going to be miserable for the next two years.
0: Well, let's not forget that Laura Loomer has actually filed a lawsuit against uh, Twitter and CARE uh, for her removal and their collusion for the removal and the admittance of CARE um, responding to her uh, lawsuit filing. So that is very telling because it will come out and, you know, the courts will have Dorsey rectify. But if, like you said, he missteps, the courts will be a lot more harsher because the president will be stepping in. Uh, That's what I think because social media has been used. We all know that the reason Barack Hussein Obama won the elections in 2008 is credited to his use of social media. And social media is now the way people interact instantly. And it is used to manipulate emotions, thoughts, information, and obviously a big factor in elections. And if you silence one group of people but allow only the others to speak, that is in itself election meddling, if anything. Now, shifting a little bit on the gears you know, of how a hot mess the Democrats are, I want to talk about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but also Pelosi and Waters. So um, there was a summit in New York that Pelosi uh, spoke at, she and um, Maxine Waters are, are not seeing eye to eye. And then, um, in a quote, Pelosi said, "I don't think there's big division in our caucus about this in regards to impeachment. There are some people who are more eager for impeachment; many more eager to just follow the investigation where it is." And she said, it's "In a, right," she said, yeah. "in the poll, it said the president has a thirty percent approval rating with them. Forty-eight percent said no to impeachment. Thirty four percent said yes to impeachment now Maxine Waters was tweeting up a storm yesterday saying 90 percent of the calls and mail I'm receiving in my office support impeachment of Trump and so do I so what out of what 10 letters nine of them are such because I can't even fathom that people are actually writing or calling Maxine Waters
8: well, the problem with you know, Maxine Waters constituency is they don't know how to write so how many yeah you're right it's probably about 10 <laughs> I'm letters. just
0: saying yeah so it's like so maybe she's not lying because you know what I'd like 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 to fact check her maybe i should send an email to her office and do a press request and ask her to send me you know some of these letters anyway she says dems divided the impeachment resolution must start with and be taken up by the judiciary committee rep nadler is the chairman of the judiciary committee remember um jim jordan Mm -hmm. called them out for their secret mous right Nadler right. and Waters that did it. So this is curious. And then she goes on this tweet storm with the final tweet saying, Mueller kicked the impeachment ball to Congress. What? The Constitution oh. gives the responsibility to Congress to impeach an unfit president. High crimes and misdemeanors. What more do we need? Impeach 44. She is insane. And like I said at the beginning of this show today, was they globally, they are attacking the persona of the president. They tried to... Stop him from winning the election. They stop. They try to stop him, and that's all going to be coming out. Those secret conversations before he swore in. Stop him Check from swearing out. in. Yeah. Stop him from being president. Now they want to impeach him. I mean, it's never ending. They need to yeah. remove him because what he's doing is causing is is literally putting the global economy tits up. Basically,
8: they have the, um, they have a very limited playbook. You know, they did the Russian hoax and that didn't work. They tried to pin it on, you know, 12. They tried to take the blame away from Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and blame not only Trump, but they tried to blame Russia. None of that is panning out for them. That's number one. Number two, Jesse Smollett, you know, another case that's going to be revealing a lot of corruption in Chicago. That hoax is blowing up in their face. The only thing that they know is identity politics. And promises they can't keep, and hoaxes, and everybody knows it. Now, if you look at Drudge Report right now, one of the big headlines says Dems are bluffing, question mark, and it takes you to a Trump. No reason to where Trump said no reason to honor Dems' very partisan subpoenas as McCann testimony fight looms. So basically, just like. Mueller issued the indictments, but then really doesn't have any ability to prosecute because he has no case. So is the case with Nadler. What's the crime? What's the misdemeanor? What is going on here? What does Nadler have? What does Schiff have? Schiff's just talking out of his ear, right? So basically, these people are going to be forced. Trump's going to force their hand knowing that they got nothing, right? And they're going to show up with nothing in a court. And they're going to be so embarrassed. That they have nothing, and then you got another problem. I I understand Roger Stone. Roger Stone's out there now, promising an epic trial. He says he's really God's instrument, and Roger Stone has a lot to say about everything the Mueller report related these days. So there's that. But then you have an ad pushing the Flynn thing, right? Flynn Defense Fund. Well, Flynn actually, I think, purposely put himself into a situation that got him in on the inside. He could reveal a lot of foreign donors that were donating funds, a lot of foreign donors that were uh, impacting and and coercing uh, domestic lobbyists, a lot of violations of the FAIR Act and all kinds of different things. He has information on all of this stuff. And I'm sure he gave testimony that the Mueller report chose not to actually talk about or was redacted or is part of a grand uh, jury subpoena that Barr has redacted and that Nadler will never see until it's ready. But there's a lot of things that Flynn did on the inside to actually do the revelations under oath that are going to be very compromising and very troubling for a lot of people in the deep state. And that part of the equation hasn't. Talked about when I mean, we've talked about Julian Assange, we've talked about this Ali Nasiri, we've talked about a lot of different things that are happening, but we haven't talked about uranium one, uh, the Ukrainian uh, Ukraine situation with Hunter Biden, we haven't talked about as much about the Iran nuclear deal, but we haven't talked about Flynn and what Flynn has been able to do on the inside of the Mueller investigation. And all these things, I think, are going to be coming out when Horowitz releases his report in May and June, and Huber, uh, as part of a bar team, is going to uh, unleash hell, I think, on a lot of this stuff. So you're not going to have any cooperation from President Trump, and they got nothing. That's the problem for them, is they're bluffing, and they're going to be Once again, held accountable for their bluff. Just like Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow, when she had the IRS statement, she says, we're going to unveil it right here on public on television. It was a big, huge nothing burger. One egg on the face after another moment. it's, It's all happening as we're watching this unfold.
0: Right. And, you know, I wanted to say it's all coming forward. The president is taking, now that Mueller has been removed, that blockade has been removed. He's a lot more himself. And today we saw him just earlier throw full support to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, something that Pelosi is probably losing her dentures over. Because she was making a statement in her town hall event um, saying that the VA is not broken and it's not the president tweeted she's right it's not broken because i fixed it i've put the veterans accountability act together and she was referring to you know how they're trying to fix it and we had brigadier general anthony tata uh come out a bunch of establishment republicans come out and trash her and say she's so this, she's so that. The Brigadier even said she knows that currency in today's social media age is momentum, and she has to maintain a momentum of saying crazy and outlandish things. Um, He he said that, um, you know, there's a huge problem with the VA. It's not working. She neither cares or knows about the Veterans Administration, and that she makes a statement, please, pretty much because it's her shtick. But she's right. The VA is no longer broken because President Trump said it's broken. He fixed it. He says it's not broken anymore. They'd fact check it. Ocasio-Cortez says it's not broken. It's just that what they're trying to do is privatize it. That's what she was saying. She was saying they're trying to fix the VA for pharmaceutical companies. They're trying to fix the VA for insurance corporations. And ultimately, they're trying to fix the VA for a for-profit healthcare industry that doesn't put people or veterans first because you know like we said the healthcare is going to be addressed and obviously president trump said he's going to do it after 2020 right so the healthcare system that we're going to be putting is a for-profit and possibly even excluding insurance companies altogether so what she was saying is that we're not getting medicare for all and this is how we're doing it and it's not helping anyone but she also made a true statement which is the va isn't broken why are we going to try to fix it the only thing they're doing is altering its course to make it more um, favorable if they're going to go the pharmaceutical route to set it up for and for a for-profit healthcare system. So you know, everyone attacked her for saying that the VA isn't broken. They're like, what do you know? The VA is so broken. It's this. It's that. Actually, now it's not. Now it's working better. Now people are getting care. Now they're not taking, you know, people straight out of med school with no, you know, residency completed and throwing them in there as doctors. They're actually getting good physicians. They're making sure they have appointments. They're making sure they have staff. So the president threw support behind Ocasio-Cortez. Imagine how Pelosi feels right now because she knows she's no longer the party and that Ocasio and, you know, Jihadi, Ilhan, Omar, and Tablib are really running the show. So that was pretty incredible that he tweeted that out just a little while ago, that he supports what she said, putting a lot of people, even this brigadier, in, in place.
8: Well, it's, it's so easy. It's child's play to actually divide that party up. I mean, this is the party that's, Standing for free illegal education, free illegal medicine, uh, open borders, gun bans—you know—they want uh, uh, you. You know they want terrorists to the, the right to vote, but they don't want them to have the right to bear arms. They're suggesting that basically, uh, you know, a vote is less important uh, than uh, the right to bear arms. Uh, I say a vote is more deadly, uh, can be more deadly than any gun, if if the vote is. Um, you know, it's a high responsibility. And uh, so they can't have it both ways. There's so many things that are blowing up in the liberals' faces. And their identity politics is backfiring on them. I think that they're insulting a huge uh, swath of minorities by suggesting that they can't, you know, go out and get IDs or that they're going to be somehow uh, uh, in fear of checking a box that says, I'm a citizen and all kinds of things. I mean, they're just on the wrong side of so many issues. I was talking to you off there, and I was saying, you know what? I'm thinking about writing an article that suggests Dems 2032, because I can't see them the way they are right now in shambles. I can't see them winning an election for at least Trump's second term, and then Trump, Trump's successor will get two terms. That'll put us all the way to 2032 with a Supreme Court that's at least seven to two. And that's uh, in favor of the conservative movement, which will save our republic for another century at least.
0: Uh, you know, I, hey, and by the way, my youngest daughter said she's running for president on, in 2036. <laughs> so <laughs> um, uh, let's see how long we can keep crazy people and cabalists out. I, I think we can age them out and get rid of them because they're all with one foot in the grave grooming others. So we need to remove their groomed individuals. New
8: crop. you got Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Buttig- Buttig- Buttigieg. I mean, you got all these different wackadoodles that are running you know, Cory Booker, Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I mean, these are all the – this is the future of the Democrat Party. Eric work small well. He swallows well. He's yeah. one of the most ridiculous human beings I've ever run across.
0: Well, all of them are ridiculous. I mean, even the Democrats can't really take them seriously. Pete Buttigieg, um, what's your policy on healthcare? I'm gay. What is your policy on foreign relations? I'm gay. What is this? I'm gay. Did I mention that I was gay? This is all he says every time he talks about it. It's like I don't give, I don't care who you sleep with, man. I really don't care. Answer the question, but I am gay. You know, so you can't even
8: take that's your your sexual that's your sexual preference. Now let's move on. Yeah, I
0: don't care if you're into dogs, cats, twenty people at once. (laughs) That's your prerogative. I want to know policy because I'm of the fact that I really don't care what my president does in their private life. Honestly, they could be addicted to hookers. They could be at strip joints for fun. They can install stripper poles in the White House because they enjoy seeing women dance. Or it could be a woman that enjoys women dancing, whatever. They can have a harem as long as their policies Keep my country great. I really don't care. That that's me. Not a lot of people could say that and and go by it. But I'm okay with people being freaky. I'm okay with people doing their own thing. But answer the policy. None of these people. If, if their town halls, like I, I'm watching a few of them, like on YouTube every now and then, and it's like they're not answering questions. They're answering with questions. Kamala Harris. Glad you know they you answer. Right. And Kamala Harris, a hot mess. Warren, I can't even believe she's still running. Beto has fell, fallen off the radar. We have Yang saying, oh my gosh, we have 34% of college graduates not getting jobs. That's because that 34% have degrees in like third third wave feminism and, you know, um, gender studies. You know, this is why they're not employed. So just listen to me. I'm here to give you $1,000 a month because... You deserve it. With $23 trillion in debt, I'm just going to give everyone $1,000 a month. Like, look at the candidates that they have. Even as a crazy liberal, how do you get behind one of them? The only person that would actually have any chance of rallying Democrats is freaking Ocasio Cortez and her insane self.
8: Take a look at Bernie, and his supporters have basically said... Bernie or bust, Bernie or Trump. If, if Bernie's not the nomination, we're going to Trump. Then you got uh, Biden. This is a guy that spent 30 to 50 years, 50 years in politics. And he can't even figure out which day he's going to launch his presidential campaign. And he's got some stupid video, sort of like what Hillary did, that he's promising to display. He was going to be over at Charlottesville. and Then he changed his mind. He's going to be somewhere in PA. It's going to be on a Wednesday or Thursday. Nobody really knows. And that's how he's going to launch his presidential bid. And then already he, he can't stop touching people inappropriately. And his son... You know, benefited by him holding a $1 billion payment to the Ukraine over the head using his state privilege as a vice president to withhold a billion dollars unless they fire the prosecutor that was actually going after his son, where his son received millions of dollars on the payroll of, a, of an organization. I think it was a uh, investment bank uh, where he got millions of dollars as a result of this you know, extortion plot.
0: Yeah, well, and I it's think op- he's pushing
8: it open. The- it's in his own words that he did this. Biden said it himself.
0: Yeah, but I think that he's pushing it back because he's under investigation. Like I said, he was the right-hand man of Obama. Obama is being investigated. He can't launch a campaign. If he launches a campaign, they can't investigate him. And so he can't get the go-ahead of launching the campaign if it's an act of investigation. And right now his lawyers are fighting this. People are not understanding what's going on. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Why- so
8: if he's in an investigation, he's not allowed to open a campaign. Mm-hmm. Ah, because if he does, then you're not allowed to go after him. Correct. That's why Hillary Clinton didn't launch her campaign.
0: Correct. She, she exactly. So now <laughs> he's the second in command. You think Obama knew about the spying and Biden didn't? Come on, man. These guys were buddies, so they talked about everything. They even brag about how buddy-buddy they were. This guy was involved in this spy gate. Anyone not telling you this is why it's being pushed back, he's got an army of lawyers now fighting at the DOJ saying you need to stop because he wants to run for president, and they're trying to to file cases saying that they're Doing this investigation because he intends to run for president, so they're trying to say that they're using the investigation to politically smear him. But the investigation started long before, because it's in the damn Mueller report. So they're That's fighting really right
8: now. I never are. even put that together. Right, That's I've a been, good one. No,
0: but I've been saying it. Right now, we've got paper wars. Lawyers are like, "All right, we'll know by the twenty fourth. All right, we'll know by then. We'll know by then." They won't know because they're going back and forth, and they're losing in court. Court. His court today came out that the investigation supersedes. And the thing is, all of this stuff is under seal. And it's all sitting at the DOJ, all at the Eastern District so, of West so of, of Virginia.
8: Thing. You cannot launch a campaign if you're under investigation. Is that what you're saying? No,
0: you can launch a campaign. Of course you can. Um, if the investigation started beforehand. But then you can't claim while you're campaigning that the investigation is being done to smear you. That's the thing. Oh, I, so yeah. he knows that if he's campaigning and then he's arrested or indicted, he loses all credibility. So he's not going to start a campaign on that. Right. Because he knows it's inevitable. On the other hand, he was trying to make the argument that the DOJ, now that it has Barr, is intended intended to start this investigation to politically smear him. So now they're going, well, you know, not really, because some of this information is in the Mueller report. And so the Mueller report was way before you even announced that you're thinking of running. So this is what's going on now. So he might not even run. And if he runs, he runs the risk of being arrested as a candidate.
8: Well, I seriously doubt that he's going to run because he, want, he doesn't need the heat that's coming at him. He's not even ready for it. I mean, he barely even breathed that he was going to run and it blew up in his face
0: right but with all the children and stuff but this is worse i mean the kids the weirdness the 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 audacity of doing things like that in front of camera so you could just imagine what happens behind camera is one thing but we've got this obama spygate investigation and he's in the middle of it cuz he's his right hand, he was his right hand man and knows everything so that that'll be very um you know great to see come out no one's reporting that um scott i can't believe we're out of time already believe it or not the hour just went by. Um, okay. Thank you so much for coming on to the Tory Says Show. Everyone, remember, you can always go on www.scottadamsshow.com. He has all his radio shows that he records live, omits, and actually clips out the commercials, so he does a better job than me, so that you can listen to them um, and stream them on TuneIn, iTunes, and any other podcast. Um, Scott? Thank you so much for joining us here at um, Red State Talk Radio's Tori Says Show. Um, Have a wonderful evening, Scott. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you same place, same time, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio. Until then, have a great evening from all of us at Red State. God bless.